Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our from our from from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, I, I apologize for the intro. I kind of messed up on the tune there, but we made it all the way through, and it was a little bit different. We had unity nonetheless, so that was good. Um, I tried to turn around and stop it, but everyone kept going, so I said, let's just keep going. That's all right. Um, for our text today, uh, for our text today from the New Testament and from the Gospel, um, we see something interesting. And it has to kind of do with what happened today with the intro. We were unified. Uh, but we were not quite unified in the right way we should have been, right? It sounded a little bit different. It, was, it wasn't quite the way it should be, right? And it sounded different, right? It sounded like it shouldn't quite be this way. It's not the way we've done it before. But unity is important. Right? Unity is, is very important in God's church. And <clears throat> there's something to be said for unity when it is true and unity when it is false. When we see Jesus in our gospel text from Luke chapter 11, we see that he does something good, right? He casts out a demon that was mute. And when the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, the people marveled, but some said he casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. And I've never really thought about it before until preparing for this sermon today. This cry of those against Jesus saying he casts out demons by the prince of demons. This is a criticism of Jesus for being divisive. Plain and simple fact. He is causing a, a, a rightful division between God's people and that which would harm them. And the people that come after Jesus are criticizing him, and what is underlying what they have to say is, look, this guy was mute and we were fine with that. Why did you have to point it out? Why did you have to make us feel bad about it? Because we couldn't drive it out. The same way, it's a lot like our current version of tone policing in our world today, especially in the church, that we oftentimes have disagreements, disputes, and we want to remain united on things, so we wind up either not talking about it, or when we talk about it and someone gets a little heated, we immediately say, oh, I don't like the way that you said that. How you said that was just not good. You're causing division by how you're saying these things, how you're doing these things. It's as if these folks in Luke are saying, look, we're not for demons, but the way you're doing it is just wrong, Jesus. It's wrong which Jesus has plenty to say. He says, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. 
That is to say, if we are engaging in discussions about things that truly matter, and things that truly matter, tantamount of those things are whether or not our doctrine is pure. Uh, If we don't have that right, anything that we say or do or how we say or do it does not matter. Does not matter. If what we say is not good, if it is not right, if it is not true, if it is not according to God's word, then how we say it is not going to really change anything. If how we say things and how we do things is not subservient to what is actually being said and done, then the unity that we may think we have is false. God wants us to be united. But sometimes Jesus comes and causes division. And division, in some sense, is good. Especially in the sense where Jesus divides, he divides the godly from the ungodly, the righteous from the unrepentant. It is good that he does these things. And St. Paul even tells us in Corinthians that that divisions must be, that you must have divisions that are, that are, uh, you must have divisions amongst you so that you know who is genuine. If everyone is just going along to get along and things are drifting off to the left or off to the right, What's the point of being called a church? You're just kind of a club at that point in time and saying we're not going to talk about certain things. But we have to talk about certain things. We live in a sinful world. We live in a place that God has broken into in the flesh, in Jesus Christ, to divide us from the sinful world. And yet when we act as if that's not paramount, we lose focus. When Jesus said, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters, he he draws a line in the sand. And he asks us all ask ourselves, whose side are we on? Are we on Jesus' side or Satan's? Are we on the one who is, are, are we on the side of the one who has won the war? Are we on the side of the one who has lost? Neutrality is impossible. It is impossible to sit on the fence when it comes to the things of God. It is impossible to say, I'm just going to sit this one out and see which side wins. If you're not speaking the truth, then you're lying. If you remain mute, then you might be like the man at the beginning of our text who has a demon. The demons want us to remain mute. They want us to not speak. They want us to not confess the word of God. They want us to be quiet. And yet, God works through his word. We are called to speak. And if that speech of God's word divides people, then we give thanks to God, even though we may have said it in the sweetest, kindest way possible. If it divides people, we give thanks to God because we are speaking the truth and the truth is doing its work. We cannot mince words about really cut and dry things like abortion, transgenderism, 
homosexuality. We can't even we can't even mince words about lying, gossiping, coveting, stealing, committing adultery, idolatry. Don't mince words about these things. Speak clearly. And if you're around people that don't speak clearly, flee, mark and avoid, or come to them and say, that's not right. That's not what God's word says. God's word says this, if they are your brothers and sisters in Christ, win them back to Christ. Because God wants us to be unified, but unified in the right way. And the right way is in truth, in God's word. And how do we stay together, unified in the way that we should? We see that Jesus tells us at the end of our text, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. The question that arises is how? How do you keep the word of, how do you hear the word of God and keep it? How are we to be those people that speak the truth God's word and how are we to endure the suffering that's going to come when we hold fast to his word and it's, it's a self-answering question that God's word is what sustains us God's word is what propels us it is what comforts us it is what causes a conflict it is what causes the conflict within us when God's law is preached. When we are shown that we are sinners, we have fallen short of the glory of God. And yet it creates comfort and consolation when we hear that Christ died, especially for us, in spite of our sin. That he is the one who has bound the strong man that is, that is, that is, that is Satan. He is the stronger man that has cast out the strong man. He cleans house. And yet, as Jesus says, when an unclean spirit has gone out of a person, he passes through waterless places seeking rest and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. But it's implied that it's not being guarded. It's not being kept by anybody. That whoever came in and cleaned house is not there any longer to protect them. And then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. That is to say, when you hear the word of God, don't reject it. Receive it faithfully. Hear it, even though it may hurt. Conform yourself to God's word and say, Amen, thanks be to God. If it says that you're a sinner, Amen, thanks be to God. If it says that you are saved, Amen, thanks be to God. If it says something in there about certain social issues or how you are compelled to speak when it is not socially advantageous to do so, Amen, thanks be to God. I will do so. I will speak. And I will not and I will not be silent, because to be silent is to give approval when Satan is preaching his word of lies. To be silent is to be complacent, 
And we as Christians do not stay silent when we come. We have things to say in church. We confess who Jesus is. We confess who God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is, what he does for us and through us. We confess. And we are to go out to the world and confess his name to all people. In whatever calling you have been called, whatever place that you have been placed, you are to speak the God, you are to speak the word of God, both the law and the and the gospel. And yet, how easy is it for us to remain silent, to seek peace where there is no peace, to stay silent because we don't really want to face the hardship. We don't want to lose friends. We don't want to have that division that the Spirit says is good, we don't want it. But we have to be on one side. Whose side are we on? When we stay silent in the face of lies, we are on the, faith, we are on the side of the one who has been conquered. We are on Satan's side. We are fighting a losing battle. And yet, when we are on Christ's side, the victory has already been won. Keep in mind that to trust in Christ, the one who has won the war, is to live a new life, to be, to be, imitators of God as beloved children, to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We see from our, our text from Ephesians, there's plenty of ways to do this. That sexual, Im that, 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 excuse me, that sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness must not even be named among us as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not associate with them. Embrace the division that God has caused. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it, who cherish it, who guard it, and have it guard them. Guard the word of God by keeping it safely in your heart as the most precious treasure of faith, and by allowing no contradiction or alteration of it. Confess his truth, embrace his truth at all costs, that though our bodies may be slain, 
though we may be afflicted, we know that in the end, the battle has been won. Christ, Christ has won the battle for us, so that in all things we can say amen and thanks be to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.